0: Welcome, sentient beings, from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. Psst, Linda. I'm Linda.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Seth. And I'm Chris.
1: Um and, Charles uh,
2: Charles is waiting to get in, hon. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me get oh, this in. Is, this is starting great.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're off to a good start. Um, and uh and there's Charles. And I'm
3: and, Charles. Um,
1: Today, we are happy to welcome uh, Matthew Rotundo uh, with us for this show. Uh, Matt is an award winning writer of science fiction, fantasy, and horror. And uh, he has a Prison World Revolt series out uh, with three books uh, Petra, Petra Released, and Petra Rising. So, Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So, yeah. So how long have you been, uh, working on these novels? Oh gosh. Well, an unforgivably long time. Uh, actually. <laughs> um,
4: I, uh, well, I, I had a, a whole deal here. Yeah. Thank you for the, uh, for the cover. I was yeah. going to show the books, but now you've got, you've got a better, got a better look at it than I do. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's the cover of Petra rising, which is the third book in the series, which just came out uh, last October. Um, but uh, let me see here. Let's see, I, I wrote the the first two books in the series, Petra, and Petra released kind of back to back, and it was a while back ago that I, I wrote them uh, actually. Okay. Um, and let's see here. Uh, yeah, those didn't take too long to write actually. I was kind of uh, I was kind of in the zone, and uh, I, I wrote the first draft of Petra. Probably in about four months, and then I wrote the sec. Uh, I wrote the the second book, which was a little bit longer. Petra released. That took me about five months to write the first draft of those, right? And then I, I did I did some rewrites of those, and then those kind of made the uh, rounds. Uh, I was kind of trying to get a, an agent for it, see if there was any uh, uh, agency representation, and it was strange because I did those two books back to back, which I don't think <clears throat> from a uh, from my marketing standpoint it was real smart of me because <laughs> you know i write the first book uh, this yeah. is the first book by the way petra mm-hmm. um i wrote the first book and then i like immediately went into writing the second book which was petra released and it really didn't occur to me that you know i have nowhere to sell this book if i don't sell the first one no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so i yeah, for, thought
1: about that yeah
4: yeah from my marketing standpoint it wasn't my my most brilliant move but i had them <laughs> written uh, and, and kind of ready to go. And then I let them sit for a while while I was trying to make the rounds. I was like, you know what, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to write any more in this series until I get somebody who's interested in buying them. <laughs> so, right. or, or somebody who's interested in representing them. So I let them sit for a while and they made the rounds and, uh, you know, I got some interest uh, from agents, uh, and, uh, 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 some interest from publishers, but nothing ever quite panned out. And then I met a friend of mine. By the name of annie belay who is a, a big uh, who's done very well for herself self-publishing and this was kind of back when ebooks were first uh rolling out and um she uh, like i said had made a a, a a good name for herself uh was uh, self-publishing her books and so she sat me down i was at um uh, was it worldcon no i don't think it was a worldcon i think it was I think it was a NASFIC. Um, it was, or was it a WorldCon? I can't remember. It was the one that was up in Spokane, Washington. And I can't remember. Yeah. I was up in uh, Spokane uh, and Annie was there and she and I were, were buds and uh, she sat me down one day and said, You need to self publish these. Um, and I'm like, Well, okay. I didn't think about self publishing at the time. So I had to kind of take a crash course in that. Uh, but, you know, I had the first two books ready and I I, I, I knew I could write the third book in, in fairly short order. So, uh, you know, given that I wrote the first two books so quickly. Uh, so I, I figured, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give this a go. And uh, I, I took this kind of crash course in uh, self-publishing. You know, I had to learn how to, uh, you know, create uh you know create the ebook editions and create the the print editions of them i had to learn how to typeset the stuff myself I had to secure a cover artist and and learn how to do all of that stuff um so uh so that took me a while uh, but uh you know I, I was pretty pleased with the results so i put out the first book actually in at the end of 2015. Uh, and then i put out the i put out the second book about six months later it was in uh, mid 2016 that i put out the second book and i was working on the third book and i figured yeah i can crank this out pretty quick and have that out as i said the third book came out in october of last year so there was a bit of a gap (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah bit a bit of a uh, like five or six year gap uh <laughs> so uh yeah know the, the third book took an unforgivably long time uh to uh to to put out and uh due to various uh reasons there um but i finally was
1: it, I, yeah, was, that, it was it hard to get back into the series and pick up where you'd left off
4: a little bit yeah it was um
1: yeah uh, After it that wasn't, much time, I was. Well, yeah, my, and
4: yeah. It, it was a little bit uh, hard to get back into it. And also, I kind of had to reread both books.
1: Oh, to, sure. Uh,
4: and I had to make a bunch of notes uh, just, uh, you know, with like kind of things that I had established in the first couple of uh, books so I didn't lose track of that. I don't know how George R. R. Martin does this stuff. <laughs> I, I, you know, I had a hard time. These are not like particularly long novels, right? They're not like Bible length, like the, like the George R. R. Martin books. <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I had to, I had to, I, I had to remember things and it was kind of hilarious. Like I was in the middle of reading this, rereading the second book. Okay.
3: Uh-huh.
4: And uh, I, I come to this point where this character uh, first uh, appears on stage. And I'm like, Who the hell is this guy? I don't remember him. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, oh, okay. I vaguely remember him now. It's like, I don't know. It's like looking through my high school yearbook or something. And so so it was really important for me to uh, do that uh, reread of both of those books uh, to kind of avoid some continuity errors. And then even doing that, I still made a couple of continuity errors when I was writing the third book. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, they got published with those continuity errors. I didn't notice them until I was, uh, I was, I was reading the books, uh, reading the third book aloud to my wife, okay, uh-huh. because uh, she likes it when I read to her aloud. Uh, sure. So uh, I, I, I was reading it, and I was like, "Oh wait, that's not right." And so I started, I, I started, oh, no. I, I started, <laughs> I started uh, you know, putting all of these little post-it notes. I actually have a copy of the book back over there. Where I've got all these little post-it notes sticking out of the book, like where I found like all these little—I don't know how many readers would actually pick up on them, but I noticed them.
3: Right, um, right,
4: One of them was was the one that made me the most angry. Was I I, I, uh, uh, I changed the color of a ship? Oh, <laughs> no. it was supposed <laughs> to be white, and I turned it to black. I was like, no, it's a white ship. Uh, <laughs> so I had the uh, the great thing about self-publishing, though, is I could go in there and make those changes. Oh, uh, so nice. I, I, I went there and changed them so the ebook's now corrected, the print edition's now corrected. Anybody who has already read the the third book, those continuity errors are kind of already in there. And so sorry so about they've that. got I kind apologize. of a limited edition. They do have a limited edition. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, it could be it could be worth tens of dollars someday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, now, when you were, when you started writing that that series, did you plan for it to be a trilogy or longer? Or was this something where you just wrote, kind of wrote the first two books and then after they started doing okay, you decided to come back to it? Or,
4: well, no, I I tell you, when I first got the idea for it, when I first got the idea for the first book, I kind of had the sense that uh, there could be like a whole series of uh, stories that I could tell. On Petra you know, Petra is the name of my prison planet right yeah um, and I, I got a sense that I could, there would be a whole bunch of stories however I didn't have anything planned out um, mm-hmm. I am what <clears throat> what we writers refer to as a pantser uh there are uh there are pantsers and there are outliners okay so there are people who do detailed outlines of everything before they write their stories and uh, all of that kind of thing i i do not Uh, that is not my process i'm not knocking that process it's just not for me i don't believe in writing the book before i write the book (laughs) so uh, i i kind of write by the seat of my pants that's not to say i don't have any idea where it's going but i have very little idea where it's going I, I tend to write like a bunch of notes that kind of t- give me a bunch of background on the characters and on the world and that kind of stuff. But very little in there is about the actual story events. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm just, I, <clears throat> once I know enough about the characters and about the world that they're in, I feel like I can start writing. And I very often do not have an ending in mind, uh, uh, which is uh, kind of apparent with the first book especially i had a very vague conception of the ending of the first book right yeah. um, and if it had ended in the way that i had first conceived of it it wouldn't have been a series okay huh. um so I, like i said i thought i could tell multiple stories in here but i'm getting into this uh, first book and like i say i had this vague idea for an ending and it would have just kind of pretty much wrapped up the whole thing mm-hmm. um but it was like it was very vague um, and as I was getting into the writing of it, and I was maybe about um, almost halfway through the book, when I started thinking about it, I'm like, I don't think that ending that I have in mind, as vague as it is, I don't think it works. I don't think there's any way I can make that ending work. Huh. And I'm like, okay, so now I don't have any idea how it's going to end. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm, I'm pressing on with uh, with the story. This is the way of the. This is the way of the panzer. Uh, so, uh, uh, so I, 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 I'm pressing on with the book, and then I get this idea. I was like, "Well, what am I going to do? Am I going to do this?" And I got this idea. I'm like, "Oh, oh, I can't do that. No, no, I can't. I can't do that to my poor main character. That would totally screw him over. I cannot do that to this guy." <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> and and in fact i must uh and so uh and so that's the ending I go with. And people who have read the book said that that ending took them completely by surprise. Huh. So it Took me by surprise. I didn't know right. how, that's where I was going. And you know, other people are going to read that and they're going to look at the ending of the of the first book. And it's like, well, he was just setting that up for the sequel. I really wasn't. I didn't even know <laughs> that there, uh, that I was necessarily going to have a sequel uh, until I uh, until I came up with that ending. Okay, well, now that's a that's a whole big issue there. And so that's when I kind of had the thought that yeah, uh, this this could probably be like a, a three book story arc that really? I could wrap, I and I wrapped everything up um, <clears throat> with uh, with the third book. Okay, so this story arc is complete okay. uh, for anybody who's uh, interested. in uh, Like, is he going to pull a George R R Martin and, and never finish the damn thing? No, it's <laughs> uh, it's um it's uh, it's done. Now there it could conceivably be more stories. In the whole Petra universe, Um, but I'm kind of done with Petra for right now. I'm setting that aside and moving on to some other stuff. I've spent too long on Petra. Like I said, took me (laughs) six took me six years to write that third book, and that's an unforgivably long time. I had people come up to say, "Hey, have you got the third book done yet? Got the third book done yet?"
2: Yeah, so (laughs) some of us have been waiting on day three from Patrick Rothfuss, right? Exactly. Before I got married, I think. (laughs) I'm feeling you.
4: I'm I'm right there with you, uh, Seth. I tell you, Uh, yeah. So I figure uh, I'm in pretty good company: George R. R. Martin, Patrick Rothfuss, and me. Uh, But uh, but Uh, I'm there too. Yeah, (laughs) I I, I, I beat both of them. So there we go. So what was kind of your? inspiration oh, on the story where, where where did where did that come from and and yes. yeah. can you summarize kind of the 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 first book going into maybe the second one without too many spoilers or anything but for the listeners mm-hmm. that aren't familiar with what Absolutely. the story is about sure yeah well okay we'll start with the inspiration of it and this is kind of funny uh, really because the the original spark for the story came from a video game Huh. Um, uh, it came from uh, and, and uh, I wrote these, uh, I wrote this first draft of Petra like I said, uh, some time ago, I can't even tell you, I don't even remember exactly when I started uh, writing it, but, um, it, it was, it started with a video game. Uh, it was actually, uh, I don't know uh, if any of you remember, but it was a star Wars pod racer video game. Huh? You, I don't know if uh, if any of you ever played this or saw this. Game, oh yeah, but back the, in the day, the, the, the Pod Racer game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this just goes to show you how old this was. This is right. Okay. uh So yeah, it started with the Pod Racer game, and if you ever played it, it's basically it's just like a just like any kind of race car game that you have, you know, it's your point it's of view and you're dodging obstacles and yeah. you're on a racetrack and you try to win and you have, except if you're using a pod racer, right? And you can, you can mod your pod racer and upgrade and all this and you compete on all of these various, in all these various races on all these various worlds. Okay. So, um, one of the races was set on a prison planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, I, uh, I I was uh, fascinated by that. There was this whole little intro and for each one of the races that you do. There's this little intro into like, you know, where the racetrack is and what the world is like. Right. Uh, and so uh, there's races on Tatooine and there's races on, mm-hmm. you know, this planet. all that. Well, here's a, here's a race that was on a prison planet and they uh, actually mentioned that there's this warden of this prison planet. And I got to thinking about that and I'm like, whoa, that's really interesting, the whole idea of a warden of a prison planet, and I'm like, you know, I I got to thinking, what kind of power would somebody like that have, you know, where you are, you basically have control of an entire planet, uh, utter and complete control, it's like absolute power, and I'll tell you, my work I tend to be drawn to that kind of stuff I I am interested in very much in in uh, stories about power and who wields it mm-hmm. uh, and who doesn't have it and that kind of thing so uh this just fascinated me and I said whoa yes. and then that's kind of where the the, the story started I, I I got this idea of a prison planet and this ruthless warden who was in charge of it so Um, Petra uh, concerns uh, a character who is kind of this um, disillusioned war hero from another world. This is set in the far future as you can probably guess. It's far future, spacefaring future, and all of this. Uh, And our hero, whose name is Kane, he comes to Petra uh, on a fact-finding mission. his uh, his home world that he's from is kind of looking to join this compact of worlds that sort of run Petra, okay? And they all, all all of these different worlds send all of their worst criminals to Petra, okay? This is a place, this is a (laughs) place for the absolute worst of the worst, right? Uh, And you just, you know, their whole thing is, it's, it's simplicity itself, they just dump people there, and let them survive mm-hmm. however they feel like, right? It's, it's, escape is impossible. There's nothing you can do. And, you know, if the conditions there are a bit on the inhumane side, well, nobody really cares. Uh, so, but we have this guy, uh, Kane, who comes to Petra on a fact-finding mission and gets caught up in an escape attempt. Uh, so, there, uh, yeah, there is a group of inmates. Who have a mission, and they actually are in possession of uh, some uh, dark secrets that Petra is hiding. Uh, so, yeah, Petra is a place where there are many dark secrets being hidden, and uh, these inmates are staging a daring uh, escape attempt, and Kane gets swept up in all of that, and and laughs ensue. No, I'm kidding. It's, um, it's I, really not all that funny.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I've actually read the book, and oh. I don't remember it being that funny. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no. you, you mentioned, how could I do this to my main character yeah. at the end of the book? And I'm like, yeah, I don't remember him being all that happy. At
4: <laughs> no, he was pretty badly screwed by the end of the first book, so and uh so then the series continues uh with you know the aftermath of the uh of all the events of the first book uh so the second book kind of takes you into the events that happened about six months after the first book and then the third book i guess it's appropriate that there was a big gap between the second and third books because chronologically in in the in the storyline in the books there's a 10-year gap uh, so ah. book three kind of picks up the action ten years after the end of the okay. second book. So, I suppose it's kind of appropriate, but uh, I uh, believe me, it, it was not planned that way. <laughs> That's a very interesting uh, inspiration to the to the story. Back <laughs> yeah. uh, you now, the Pod
1: Racer was like ninety nine, two thousand, or n sixty four. I think uh, I do remember that, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a fun game. Uh, it was a blast. Time, so,
2: I love that you know, game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like I I like talking with authors about what like inspired their story because mm-hmm. a lot of times it's weird little things like that, whatever catches your eye or your mm-hmm. fancy. Uh I've got a story that I wrote that's <laughs> basically that was inspired by uh, one the evil overlord list. If you're ever f- if you're familiar with that. yes, I am absolutely oh, yeah. familiar with the evil overlord list. And I've two, got a funny story about what, the evil overlord list too. But go ahead, Seth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that inspired it was what if the evil overlord was the good boss? <laughs> and I, just, I started writing a scene on that, and then it's uh, an epic fantasy that I can't sell. So. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Funny story about the evil overlord list. I, you know, when that first came out, I read it. I loved it. Uh, my ventilation ducts will be too small to crawl through. Might be my favorite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, my, uh, but um, yeah, I, I had that. I loved it so much that I actually printed it out uh, and I kind of posted it on the outside wall of my cubicle at work. Because <laughs> um, it's just kind of guy I am. Yeah. Um, Well, somebody saw that and was a little freaked out by it because some of the stuff on that list is like, okay, (laughs) shooting is not too good for my enemies. Okay, (laughs) you know that's one of the things on the evil overlord
2: list. (laughs) I will kill their child as well because come back and murder me. (laughs) <laughs> so
4: all these kinds of things are on there. So that actually got reported to HR. So I come into work one day and my list is gone. I was like, where did my list go? And then I, um, uh, like a couple days later, I ran into a guy from HR who I knew. I knew, I knew well. And he says, oh, I have some documents for you. I'm like, what? And then he hands me the list. He's like, yeah, somebody complained about this. I'm like, He's like, I found it funny. Is like, I wasn't in trouble or anything, but do <laughs> put it up. And I was like, uh, <laughs> so there we go. That's the evil Overlord list. I loved it dearly.
1: <laughs> I had a, uh, a similar experience with HR at work. We, uh, <laughs> we used to you do an- <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, we used to do a rather extravagant Halloween celebration every year. And one year, um, I decided to send out. Uh, I had the. Uh, IT guys create a email account for the Grim Reaper and the Grim Reaper would send out email messages to get people excited about the upcoming Halloween celebration. Uh, but I figured knowing the smart asses that I work with, there would be a lot of people replying to the email. So I set up a, a uh, automatic response to anybody that sent an email to it. And the response was something like, um, you know, thank you for reaching out uh, to me. Unfortunately, I'm unable to take your uh, or respond to your email right now as I'm out eviscerating corpses or some such thing. Right? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was this kind of thing. And, and that was all great. Uh, uh, worked out great within the office until our corporate HR up in Minneapolis sent out an yep. email blast to the company. Oh, no. And they got this response from the Grim Reaper about being out eviscerating corpses. And that uh, went to the uh, vice president of HR. And then uh, and then all of a sudden I get a call from our president uh, wanting to talk to me. Well, well done. Well done. Yes. I love it. Yes. Bill, this so, is the third time this week. Yeah, I know. I, know. I, I, I called him. He's like, Bill.
2: <laughs> was this yeah. before or after the flamethrower incident
1: This would little bit after the flamethrower incident oh. no
4: time with the flamethrowers oh my god
1: yeah I had a flamethrower incident for another Halloween party oh. at work so they come to expect this from you then so when the president calls oh, yeah. he's like Bill we talked about this I know right <laughs> Right. The nice thing was is is each each new event, um, was different enough that they couldn't say, you know, we talked about this. That's true. Right. They didn't it expect had to you be taken up another notch. <laughs> yeah. It was always a, a head shake and is like, Bill, what were you thinking? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh,
4: it's funny you should mention Halloween costumes because uh, we have in the past been. Um, uh, pretty much uh, pretty big i mean halloween is like one of my all-time uh, favorite things hey, with me it's me winning writers of the future uh, I was gonna say, tell us
1: about the award here
4: oh yeah uh <laughs> well that's yeah that's um that's a writers of the future award that uh that's a actually uh, this great big heavy pointy uh loose <laughs> uh, block I mean, yeah heavy enough to brain someone should i be so inclined it's actually sitting right up there um <laughs> but yeah that's the, that's the writers of the future award uh so uh, I don't know uh who all is familiar with the writers of the future contest Seth is okay yeah if you're pretty much in an, any uh, aspiring science fiction fantasy writer is familiar with the contest um and uh, so yeah you can uh you know it, it's a great opportunity for a, a amateur uh, authors you know you, you turn your, your stuff in uh, you turn you turn in a story it's blind judged by a panel of, of of some pretty well-established authors in the field we're talking like you know some big names uh, in the field who who judge these contests you know tim powers yeah. is in there and uh scott card was in there. i don't know if he's still in there uh a, a lot a lot of big name authors uh, uh robert uh robert sawyer is in there I think kevin anderson is uh, he i don't know if he's still associated with him or not but anyway there, there's a large stable of authors who, who, who handle the, the, the writers of the future thing yeah and uh, uh so i um I, I used to joke that i had done everything except win that contest i oh. had uh, i had turned I, I turned in several stories for it and i'd gotten like an honorable mention and then I, I I was a semi-finalist so I was a quarter finalist I was a semi-finalist and then I was a finalist one time which was really exciting as a finalist but I didn't win uh and then uh finally finally uh after years uh I, I ended up taking first place in my quarter so uh that's nice. that's what those pictures were from uh from nice. the award ceremony uh because they flew us out to uh Hollywood for a week and wow. uh, there was a it was a week long writing workshop, uh, which was a lot of fun, and then it was capped mm-hmm. off at the end with uh, with the award ceremony and all that. So uh, that was a very blast. Cool. It was it was a really great thing. Nice.
1: Hey, so what was your uh, Halloween story then?
4: Sorry. Oh, no, oh sorry. Yeah. Uh, so uh, no, it, it's just that you you mentioned costumes and you mentioned flamethrowers. Well, yeah. <laughs> my my wife is a very uh, very artistic and very crafty person, uh, she, and uh, so she has, uh, she's the genius behind all of our Halloween costumes, any of our Halloween costumes that we do. She, she makes, and she, she just whips this stuff up out of like scrap materials that are lying around or whatever. <laughs> well, one Man. time she got the idea. Well, uh, uh, she was making what ended up being a, an, uh, a chestburster, an alien chestburster. Oh, yeah, album. yeah. Um, And, uh, yeah, to go with it, what what put it in my mind is you mentioned the flamethrower, because she also kind of mocked up a flamethrower where she was Ripley and I was, um, you know, I was uh, not Ash. uh, John
1: Hurt's character? John
4: Hurt's character, whose name I think was Kane. Yeah, might have been. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, uh, ironically enough. Um, But uh, so, yeah, uh, I I was hit that character. And so basically it was just this white sweatshirt uh a white long sleeve shirt that she cut up and and she made this uh you know this chest burster which is actually pretty nauseating to look at and there's actually pictures (laughs) of it if you dig through my uh old blog on my website you can find a picture of it uh yeah because it's it's fairly nauseating and it looks great but the costume itself is simplicity all i do is put on a shirt yeah I just put this nice. shirt on and it's got this this it's got this chestburster coming out of it and it has held up very well <laughs> over the years and the thing is you know we can use that uh, we, we've entered like Halloween costume contests at like area sure. bars or whatever right uh, and sometimes we've won prizes for that. that that chestburster outfit has never won a prize it's the best one she's done and I think the problem is it looks too good it looks. I mean, I think people think I went and bought this at a store or something. It looks oh, yeah. good. It's uh, wow. so, uh, but funny. yeah, she had a flamethrower to go with that too. That one I did not wear to work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> took his flamethrower to work. That's the story yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
4: Lesson yeah. learned from the evil overlord list. So,
1: right, mm-hmm. right. Fortunately, no one got incinerated, but right, <laughs> a couple people were patting out their chests. But uh, what other uh, what other stuff have you written, Matt? Well, uh, so
4: those are the um, those are the the three books that I have out right now. I'm actually working on another novel, um, which uh, I had written kind of in between. Remember, I said I wasn't going to go back to Petra, right? So yeah. in the meantime, I wrote a couple of other novels, and so now I'm going back to one of them, and uh kind of doing a, a polish of it I've got uh, kind of a stack of paper right over here uh where I'm, I'm going through that it's like a fourth draft I'm hoping to put that out soon and it's called Apocalypse Pictures presents it's uh, mm-hmm. as you can see kind of a as you can guess from the title a post-apocalyptic uh story actually set in the aftermath of a devastating plague I swear I wrote this well before COVID. <laughs> uh, I'm not trying to cash in on COVID. I swear, I wrote it years before COVID was uh, a gleam in anyone's eye.
2: Yeah, I don't <laughs> think you're the only author who's like, yeah, you know, I didn't write this for COVID. Right. right,
4: I really didn't. So yeah, I've got that. I also have a number of short stories out. Uh, you know, uh, the the writers of the future story. Uh, it was published in a, a volume. Uh, if those of you you know who read those, they they come out in an anthology that comes out once a year. So, like I think uh, the latest one just came out uh, uh, like last month. But I was in uh, volume twenty-five of Writers of the Future. So, you no, know, those of you who want to seek out that story, which is called "Gone Black," uh, okay. that's in there. I've also had uh, short stories that appeared in places like uh the now sadly now defunct uh intergalactic medicine show which was an online magazine mm. uh i had several stories in there um those stories are actually not freely available they they used to be behind a paywall but they uh, once the magazine folded they made them all uh out there for free so you can find them out there um huh. i've also had a, a story that was uh, appeared in an anthology of novellas called Alembical. Uh, My friend Lawrence Schoen, uh, we used to put out a series of uh, 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 an anthology series. It was called Alembical, Alembical 1, 2, and 3. I think there's a fourth volume as well. Yeah, there's all my stuff, right? Thank you. Um, But um, uh, Alembical 3 uh, has had a novella of mine called, From Earth I Have Arisen uh so yeah those are and you can find uh, at my website you can find uh links to various other things some of those links might now be dead i haven't i haven't looked at them in some time some of them are are are, are very old and uh, so might be obsolete so i apologize if if you hit a dead link Um, but yeah, uh, the most current ones are, 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 are better, uh, better sources for that. And like I said, I'm working on a few, uh, a few other novels, uh, which I hope to have out at at some point. And I'll say this, since we're on the subject of my, uh, website and all of that, I have a, a monthly newsletter that I put out. Okay. Uh, and, uh, I try to put it out monthly. Uh, sometimes I'm a little late with it, but, um, People who uh, come, who subscribe to the newsletter, and it's absolutely free. Uh, people who scri- subscribe to the newsletter get a free gift just for subscribing, and that free gift is a copy of my award-winning story, *Gone Black*. Uh, oh, so, nice! Uh, oh, and, cool. and yeah, it's it's totally free, and uh, even if you're even if you're not interested in the newsletter, sign up for the newsletter and get the free story out of it. <laughs> um, and there, there will go. be other, there have been other freebies, other giveaways that I have done uh, on that newsletter too. So and I try to keep it to entertaining and I promise you, I'm not going to get spammed by doing that. You, you, your your information is kept completely confidential and you can unsubscribe at any time. So.
1: <laughs> nice. Well, now, uh, um, are there uh, any upcoming cons that you're looking forward to attending this year uh, in case somebody mm-hmm. wants to go uh, have you autograph a book or something?
4: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I do have a couple of uh, planned appearances. I'm going to be at WorldCon this year in Chicago. Um, so I do not yet know if I'm going to be on any programming out there um but uh i will i will be at WorldCon and i'm also going to attend mile high con uh, in denver in october oh. uh, i go to wild high con every year if i can it is one of my favorite cons uh, oh, really? it's a very oh it's very well run if you've never been it is worth the trip huh uh yeah uh, and, uh, it's, uh, it's a, it's a wonderful, and as a matter of fact, that picture there is from Mile High Con last year, uh, where I was selling books, and, uh, I will probably be doing that exact same thing, uh, this year at Mile High Con, so, huh. uh, if you are of a mind, please, uh, come out there, uh, and, 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 stop by. I would, I would do more local cons if there were,
1: yeah, uh, like, you know, there's,
4: like, there's some gaming cons and things like that, but, I, I that's...
1: It's not know. what I do,
4: and I don't know that, uh, you know, me trying to hawk books at, at, at a gaming con would go over necessarily all that well.
1: Right. Yeah, it's Conquest? unfortunate that OzFest uh, well, is
4: kind of gone. I have been to, yeah, OzFest is gone. I have been to Conquest once. Uh, I, I I like Conquest. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I just have – it's it's always over Memorial Day weekend, which is usually oh, yeah. that, which is not a good mm. time for me. So yeah. it's it's hard for me to get down to KC for that. But I, I know uh, some of the KC people – um, and, uh, know, yeah, so the people who are, who are involved in Conquest, I love Conquest. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I wish I could get back there, but I just haven't been out there and I haven't, for, for whatever reason, I've never been out, uh, to like icon either, even though that's not too far away, uh, that that's also mm-hmm. kind of at an inconvenient time. Cause that's usually what in November, uh, uh I think I so. I
1: haven't, I'm not familiar with that one myself. That's an, that's an Iowa city icon. Oh, honestly. okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So.
4: Huh. Uh, but I do, and I uh, I try to get to Constellation in Lincoln whenever I can. I was unfortunately unable to go. To, I love Constellation. Uh, I was unfortunately unable to go uh, this year because I was actually out of the country uh, for. I so I couldn't I couldn't attend, and it made me sad uh, because I have got some friends down there too. But mm-hmm. uh, but uh, so I'm hopeful that I'll be able to go next year. So we'll just see how that goes. But yeah, uh, I I try to make it out to local cons whenever I can
2: yeah constellation was really good it was smaller this year but it was just so good to see like all the familiar faces that you see mm-hmm. at constellation that it did I, it was one of the best things i've done all year <laughs> just because right. it's so good to be back
4: mm-hmm. there was a uh, uh yeah there was that uh uh you had one of the the, the stills you had put up earlier uh had me on a panel uh, that was at worldcon in dc uh last year and we're wearing all of those goofy goofy looking masks because they were very conscientious about uh, about uh, you know not becoming a super spreader event and all of that so yeah and I, it has been my you know experience for those of you who do have that concern it's been my experience that they're uh the cons i go to are very serious about this you know, you generally cannot attend if you can't show proof of vaccination, you've got to be masked the entire time uh, you're there uh, all right. you know, and all that. So um, <clears throat> they do a pretty good job uh, for those of you who might be still wary yeah. about going out to cons uh, in covid times. So, yeah, yeah there yeah. we go. Oh, no. There was me doing a reading at uh, at WorldCon, and I had my mask on kind of wrong. Like, I I couldn't quite get the hang of those masks. Uh, <laughs> the whole idea is that they're, they're clear so that people can see your mouth move. Uh, ah, but yeah, okay. I was doing a reading. Uh, yeah, that was uh, uh, that was funny. That that particular reading that I did there, I did a reading from Petra, and uh, I was sharing a reading slot um, with Martha Wells. Okay, and Martha mm-hmm. Wells did very well for herself at Worldcon. She won She won a couple of Hugos uh, at World Yeah, World. Wow. Uh, So, yeah, I'm sharing, it, it's me, and I'm, you know, nobody knows who I am, right? And I'm sharing a reading slot with Martha Wells, and so the reading just fills, right? It's like standing room only. I was like, I know these people aren't here to see me. These people <laughs> are all here to see Martha. And, uh, you know, and then Martha, you know, she said, do you mind if I go first? I was like, no, go ahead, go first. I really wanted to go first because i knew as soon as she was done like the room was going to empty out (laughs) yeah
3: you didn't uh, want to
4: follow that yeah no right but uh you know what was funny is that actually some people there was a lot of people who stayed maybe about half the room stuck around and i have a thing when i do readings at conventions or 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 what have you i have this thing where i uh, i'm not above bribery i will bribe you with treats i always bring treats to my readings
2: (laughs) i've heard Uh, that (laughs) yeah
4: so uh yeah i am not above that so yeah come come for a treat Stay for a tale. That's my motto, or it would be if I if I had a motto. Anyway, uh, uh, so I, I managed to bribe some people into staying, and it was hilarious because uh, after that reading, I was having people come up to me for days say, "You did a great job in your reading." As no one's ever done that before. I was like, "Thanks, huh. I appreciate it." But I try to make my readings fun, uh, and you know, some some authors I don't know if you ever, if you ever uh, go to our readings at conventions, some authors are kind of. Um, you know, they'll just read the text, you know, and they won't try to attempt to dramatize it or anything. Uh, I try to do that. So I try to, uh, you know, I'll do different voices, and I try to dramatize it a bit. Uh, so well, and I'm nice. a shameless, I'm a shameless ham. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I, I, I love doing readings, uh, particularly for that reason. So, uh, so come to a reading of mine, if you like, because they, they're fun.
2: <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, since you since you're you do you've said several times that you read your own books out loud mm-hmm. uh, and you kind of drop dramatize them dramatize mm-hmm. I'm great at talking uh, <laughs> since, since you do that are are you planning to do an audio version of and maybe read your own books.
4: I would love to do audio versions of the Petra books. Uh, uh, I don't know if I would do it myself. I I think I could do the reading part of it just fine. I just don't know that I have the equipment for it. Uh, And I also have a couple of uh, uh, friends of mine who do this kind of thing or are looking to do more kind of voice work. And so they've expressed, I've had a couple of friends express an interest in, in doing the audio presentation for me and so someday when i have the time to actually kind of sit down and work all that out yes i would love to get audio presentations as i keep i keep promising this and it keeps not happening but someday i, I do plan to it's i don't know if it'll be me reading but i uh, i yeah I, I do plan to release some audio editions
2: nice and we're coming up around <laughs> we're coming up to like 45 minutes but i also wanted to just like ask like as an author how's the how has the self-publishing uh experience treated you or are you still looking to get a are, are you like i'm gonna self-publish all my stuff now or if i got an agent and a deal it's there and never looking back
4: if i got an agent uh and a deal i would take it um <clears throat> you know self-publishing there, there are some rewarding things about it but i also I've learned that I'm kind of an object lesson in what not to do when it comes to publicity. Uh, you know, uh, so that I haven't quite mastered yet. Um, but, uh, you know, there. There's some great things that self-publishing will do for you. I mean, the tools are available that you can put out a quality-looking product. It used to be that self-publishing was a kiss of death. If you self-published your book in the in the publishing world, and this was this was you know we're talking many years ago here. That was just the mark of a complete and total amateur. You were a total loser if you self-published stuff. Uh, but a lot a lot of it was because the self-published stuff looked homemade. It just did. It yeah. didn't look professional um and and of course you couldn't get it in books you couldn't get self-published stuff in bookstores anywhere okay well with with the you know on uh the advent of ebooks and just with amazon and the internet in general it is now easy for my books to sell worldwide right um it's easy you know you still can't get these in bookstores uh, Mm -hmm. um, but you can get them online easily you can get them anywhere in the world uh, mm-hmm. so that I've solved the whole, you solve the whole distribution problem there. And like I said, the tools are out there they're available mm-hmm. so you can put out a quality looking product, but it's a great deal of work. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if I were to, uh, get an agent in a, in a, in a book deal, you know, uh, there's those people, you know, yes, they take a cut of them, of the money. They take a big cut of the money, but it's because they're doing the work the that word. you don't do. Uh, mm-hmm. and that leaves you with time to, you know. They'll use you time to actually write your own books rather than you know worrying about the cover art and the typesetting and the marketing and all of that, which is very, very time consuming. And so mm-hmm. yeah, those people earn their money. and uh, I I'd, I'd be happy to let them have a a cut if they were interested.
1: All right. Well, great. Well, Matt, thank you for joining us today. It's been uh, very informative and educational. Um, I'm looking forward to picking up your books and getting into the the trilogy myself. So. Awesome. I hope I hope you
4: enjoy them. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Sorry if I went yeah. on too long or, or, or. Oh no, you're fine. Or,
1: you're yeah, long
4: because I I on. I do go on. <laughs>
1: well, no, uh, well, we usually uh, run for thirty to forty five minutes anyway, just depending upon how much you know we got to talk about. So <laughs> not
2: not a problem at all. And so. uh, just before. Before we close out, uh, Matt, is there anything you want to direct people to? Yeah,
4: I'd be happy to direct people to my website, which is uh, which was on the crawl earlier. It's Matthew yeah. S. Rotundo, just all run together, Matthew S. Uh, that's uh, that's kind of the uh, the the central hub. You can find a link if you want to friend me on Facebook. You can find a link uh, for that on my website. You can subscribe to the newsletter as I mentioned there, and you can see links to all of my all of my published work and places you yeah, places to buy, uh, the Petra books, if you'd like, uh, they're all, uh, all available out there and you can read a little bit more about me. And like I said, subscribe to the newsletter because it's fun.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much. And, uh, we'll look forward. I think, uh, you're going to join us for our next show here. We're going to be talking, uh, about, um, the multiverse of madness movie that's out and also uh, a little bit of uh, what we're uh, hoping to see or maybe expecting to see in the uh, season four of uh, stranger things so i'd be happy
4: to talk about both of those things so thank you very much
1: all right well you're welcome we'll look forward to seeing you here in a little bit and uh see you all all you folks later thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time bye-bye all right bye bye